Every Arizona homeowner's best friend for 30 years. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. Good morning, y'all. Well, I'm riding along, singing the same old cowboy song. This is your weekend wake-up call at Rosie on the House. Come on in, pour a cup of coffee, and have yourself a seat. Ain't got nothing but my name. And I'm the Here it comes. Here it is. I'm happy and I'm free. <laughs> Just listen to the wind. This is how we roust y'all up every Saturday morning. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place is my house, Rosie on the house. And we're here with a full staff. My wife, sweet Jennifer, right here by my side. Good morning, darling. Good morning. Romy, my son and co-host, right here by my other side. Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Check, check, check. And we have a power-packed broadcast for you all this morning. At 8 o'clock, we've got John J. Harper coming in, talking landscape gardening. Spring gardening. It is getting close to time. It's time to start getting our soils prepped, our gardens prepped, our seed layout going. So we'll be talking about laying out and getting set up to do a little spring gardening. Well, it's a great time to prepare the soil with the little moisture we had last week, kind of soften everything up. Great time to get out there with your pitchfork and your shovels and kind of break things up and get your soil uh, modified and enhanced and uh, get everything planted. So perfect timing on that. Then at 9 o'clock, folks, by popular demand, if you're a subscriber to our e-newsletter, you already know this, and it is the number one topic We've been having to deal with at Rosie on the House for the last seven months. By popular demand, we have APS coming into studio this morning to answer your questions about the rate change that is currently evolving and developing. And this is not a political conversation. Maybe maybe at a later time. <laughs> Jennifer will be doing the call screening. Uh, yeah. I'll be monitoring you all very well. Yeah. And we didn't have any control on what APS has or the Corporation Commission has done. We're just telling the story. So don't get mad at us. That's right. That's right. We're we're just here. We're if you're confused about what of the new seven rates you should switch to or what you many of you are getting letters in the mail regularly now about what APS is going to switch you to. If you don't pick a plan, they're going to automatically pick a plan for you. So nine o'clock, the APS is going to be here. They've taken three bills, mine being one of them, two other listeners being the other, and they're going to talk us through what we can expect in the new rate increase that you have to declare which rate you're going to be on by May. So by popular demand, APS will be in studio taking your calls, answering your questions at 9. And then the 10 o'clock hour, we've been on pests the entire month of February, how to control pests with other good pests, how to control pests with other bad pests, how to eliminate 
unwanted wildlife from your yard. And today we're going to be covering and focusing primarily on the one thing that every house in Arizona has to deal with eventually. Termites. (laughs) You've heard me say it a million times. There's only two types of homes in Arizona. The home that has had termites and the home that's going to have termites. Our 7 o'clock hour is always problem-free. The the 7 o'clock hour. Makes you want to get outside and enjoy Arizona. So what you got for us today? We've invited a couple special guests in from the Arizona State Parks and Trails System. Michelle Thompson, Chief of Communications for the entire system. Michelle, thanks for joining us in studio this morning. Thank you for having me. We are going to be, we're going to be talking to uh, Michelle about her role there at the Arizona State Parks and Heidi. Hello. Good morning. Uh, yeah. Hello, I'm Heidi Erickson. Erickson. I'm the manager over at Red Rock State Park in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. And because our Arizona staycation is actually spending, is it this weekend, Romy? It is. It is? They're the at, Orchard Inn they're, in they're Sedona. In Sedona, so we're shining the spotlight on Sedona today. Heidi, how do you get a job as park manager of Red Rock State Park? Well, um, my background uh, uh, was originally parks and recreation when I was just out of college. Um, But then I went and did a bunch of wildlife biology work for a while, um, including a master's degree in ecology. Um, Red Rock State Park, in addition to having um, hiking trails, we also are an environmental education center. Um, So my ecology background fits uh, really well into what we do at the park as far as teaching others about ecology. You were talking a little bit earlier about one of the jobs you had leading up to this job, and you were talking about being a wildlife dog catcher. Tell us Uh, about that. Yeah, so you've seen the dog catcher folks with those big poles with the loop on the end. Sure. Um, I didn't catch dogs. Um, I actually caught wildlife, so I would go out and catch coyotes and bobcats. And occasionally some badgers um, when I worked out at Fort Irwin um, in the Mojave Desert, just north of Barstow. It's the Army's National Training Center. That was a small part of my job. And so how do you catch a badger? Carefully. Yes. (laughs) And once you have caught the badger... Well, you've seen those big dog carriers, uh, you know, for a large dog like a German Shepherd. They're really big. Okay. So once you have... um, your noose pole, um, they call those long poles with the noose on the end, noose poles. Once you have the animal in it, you drag it over to the carrier. Um, you get it in there, and you use your foot to close the door. <laughs> and then you loosen the loop and take the loop off and close the door. And then where do you take him? Just, you're just relocating? Is that relocating, what trying to take him to a place where they're um, not going to interfere with the Army's operations, uh, their training activities. Uh, but where they're, they will be safe and Um, they will be able to still survive. So that's the job you have in training for this job you've currently got. Do you have to deal with a lot of wildlife up at Red Rock? We don't. Um, I think in the the two years I've been there, I've had to go out on the trails and uh, move a rattlesnake three times. Yeah, I would would imagine that would draw some attention to a lot of winter visitors. But we don't use the noose pole for those. We have a special snake catching, uh, kind of like big giant tweezers. Yes. Yeah. Well, on a really long stick. Right. Yeah, I can appreciate long that enough. for sure. <laughs> well, let's talk about what your daily role is. Let, let let's locate Red Rock State Park first. Absolutely. We're on the um, west side of Sedona, um, just outside the official city limits. Uh, there's a, a road called Red Rock uh, Red Rock Loop Road uh, on the west side of town, which also has um, a Forest Service park on it as well. 
Um, so not a whole lot of residential, but some really nice, big, fancy homes um, over there. Um, so we're kind of a little off the beaten path as far as some of the um, touristy kind of things in Sedona. Some great trails. Absolutely. We have about five miles of interconnected loop trails. They're rated easy to moderate. Um, nothing at our park is rated difficult. Talk about the Welcome Center. Um, our visitor center does have a little park store where we have some, some stuff people can buy in order to remember their visit to Red Rock State Park. Um, and then we also have a little interpretive museum down at the bottom level of our visitor center um, where folks can get a glimpse into the different um, ecology, um, wildlife, plants um, that uh, inhabit the Sedona area and um, ways to try and conserve those things and enjoy nature without destroying it. And then we also have a little theater um, where we play um, a movie about the Sedona attractions in the area called The Natural Wonders of Sedona, and then a 15-minute movie called um, Love to Death, which is um, produced <laughs> by the Oak Creek Watershed Council. And uh, they made that documentary in order to highlight how popular Oak Creek Canyon is, um, but how our love for it almost just tries to destroy it. How many visitors do you think you have a year? Do you have an... Our park gets less visitors than some of the other parks. As an environmental education center and um, habitat conservation park, we don't let people swim in the water at our park. <laughs> um, we want those banks to stay nice and healthy. But yeah. there are many places in Sedona where you can get in the water, and you have you, humans getting in the water create beaches. Yeah. Um, and humans aren't always great about throwing away their trash. So we do get less visitors because we don't let people in the water. But we still get, um, I would say, on a good week um, in our busy season, which is March to May um, and September to October, um, we probably will get about 600 to 700 people a week. That's a good healthy number. And is that education, ecology education, is that for the visitors or is that something for the rangers? Um, the education mm -hmm. program, we yeah. actually have school groups that come in. Ah. Um, they can, they can uh, book a field trip. Um, they can pick from a list of different classes from, you know, they can choose insects, they can choose bio water, um, they can choose archaeology or a little um, mock archaeology dig. Um, so there's lots of different classes they can teach them related to natural and cultural resources. Do they come from all over the state or mostly? Uh, for the most part, well, actually, it's kind of half and half. We get half of our, um, half of our kids from the local Verde Valley, which, you know, all the way down um, from Camp Verde, through the local towns and a few a few schools from Flagstaff, we also do get a few schools from Phoenix. And there's a, um, a travel teens group that comes from California every year. Wow, that's great. That's a great resource. And my question is, as park manager, do you ever get out to? Are you, are you in a desk job or are you in an outside job? <laughs> uh, I, it's, I'm more at a desk than I would like to be. I bet. Um, but I, I do try and get outside. Um, at, at least for 15, 20 minutes a day so I can look outside, talk to, talk to visitors that are coming in, um, make sure everybody understands uh, what, what our park is about and what we'd um, like them to do. When we come back, we're going to be visiting with Michelle Thompson, Chief of Communications for Arizona State Parks and Trails, talking about how do they pick a park manager, and do they ever just shuffle the deck like Heidi here as park manager of Red Rock State Park? Will she ever be shuffled down to Yuma?
having a nice laid-back conversation here this morning with a couple visitors in from the Arizona State Parks and Trails System. Heidi Erickson, the park manager up at Red Rock State Park, is in visiting this morning, and I want to talk a little bit about the birth of a state park and the birth story of Red Rock State Park in particular is particularly interesting. Also in studio is Chief of Communications for the State Park and Trail System, Michelle Thompson. Michelle, thanks again for joining us. Now, I asked Heidi how much, you know, you you aspire to get a job at Arizona State Parks and Trail, and you think you're going to be spending all your time out there in the park. I bet you never get out. You're I, chained to a desk. I do not get out as much as I would like to. Yeah, but I, you know, it's it's fun when you do get to because you're seeing what you're describing to everybody else, and you're really getting to know the system that you're marketing. Yeah, as chief of communications, that's your deal. Get the word out of what we've got to celebrate in this great state in our. 32 state parks? 35. 35. Yeah, it's just an amazing job to be able to tell everybody. And there are a lot of residents who don't know everything that they have right here in their home state that they can go out and do on the weekends or uh, spring break, spring training time. We try to get people to go and explore the state while they're here for a game. It's just, it's an amazing system of parks. Well, it's got to be hard to pick a favorite. But if you're going to take an out-of-town guest who's never been to Arizona, to one of your 35 state parks, where do you, th- or, or, or the top two or three? Well, top where two are you going to take them? You know, I, I you can't do a lot better than going up north to the Sedona area. And then my favorite up there is also Dead Horse Ranch State Park. It's just beautiful up there. And there are so many different things to do. And you kind of see the diversity of Arizona. But another one of my favorites is way down south at Patagonia Lake State Park. It's mm-hmm. I, I went there just last uh, last summer. I couldn't believe how green it was down there. But it was just beautiful, and it's really relaxing and you, water. People do not mm-hmm. think water when they think of Arizona, so it's nice to be able to showcase some of that. And it, and it is in a pretty little spot. It's a beautiful spot. It really is. I, I don't think... Those of you that haven't gotten off the road in southern Arizona and particularly southeast Arizona, I don't think they realize just how many secret little gems we've got down there. There's that is a beautiful, beautiful part of the state. It is. It's just there's there's tons of things that you can explore in different areas you can see and things to do. Now tell me the trail you took to the chair you now have. Oh, I've 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 traveled through a lot of different areas to get where I am, but yeah. um. My, my main path was always just trying to find a career where I was helping people. Okay. And so this, I think, fits in really nicely because I'm helping people figure out what's, what's going on in their state or what's going on in other parts of the country where they haven't been. And Arizona is very popular. Arizona is a destination, but people often just think Grand Canyon. And how long have you been in the park system? Uh, just under a year. Okay. Where were you immediately prior to that? Right before this, I was with the city of Phoenix. Okay. We've bumped in before to, to you before, haven't we? We have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, now I'm remembering. You you you, <laughs> you actually would get us folks from the building and planning and zoning department. On I air. did. Yeah, I wanted to spread the word while I was there and help people know what to do with their buildings or their permits. And now I'm kind of on a. I would say it's a pretty different path of helping people, but yeah, pretty different. She's a seven o'clock interview instead of a ten o'clock interview. That's a difference too. Yeah, <laughs> it's more fun in set. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, I would think, I would think, uh, for me, 
having been in building and remodeling my whole life, I would much rather be in a position of communications at state parks than City of Phoenix planning and zoning. Nothing against City of Phoenix planning and zoning. Nothing but. against planning and zoning either, but this is definitely more fun to talk about. Uh, Heidi, let's talk a little bit about how a birth, how, how a state park is born. And the, and the story behind Red Rock State Park is particularly interesting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's um, a very interesting anecdote about um, how Bruce Babbitt was walking along Oak Creek with some of his friends and, um, you know, enjoying the scenery, enjoying the creek. Um, all of a sudden, they were approached by a, a gentleman um, from a religious group called Ekenkar. And that individual told the then governor, hey, you're on private property. Would you please leave? And I'm not sure that's how he said it, but um, he was, uh, you know, asked to leave. Um, so Bruce Babbitt, um, you know, he became concerned about how this beautiful area along Oak Creek, not just on that piece of property, but along the entire creek, you know, that needed to be open to individuals from the public um, to enjoy it. Um, so he started doing some investigating on the property ownership of that particular piece of property. Um, he found out it belonged to this religious group called Ekenkar, and um, it took several years um, in order to uh, make a deal work um, where Ekenkar actually sold the property to a mining company. Um, the mining company wanted a piece of state land down in southern Arizona. Um, it took a little while because it's it's hard to transfer land um, between counties, I guess, in Arizona. And do y'all straddle Coconino Yavapai County? We're in Yavapai completely. Okay. But we're, we're very close to the Coconino line. Okay. We're very, very close. Um, just north of Sedona, uh, the Coconino starts. Um, so, yeah, there was a, a, a convoluted kind of land swap where the mining company um, transferred the land ownership to the BLM, and then the BLM was able to transfer it to the Arizona State Parks Board. That's a fantastic story. Just a governor walking down a creek bed being asked to leave. You're on private property. Triggers everything that had to go in place to create this state park, involving mines buying the property, land swapping to other property that they really wanted. It's It was complicated, but we got it. It was born about 1983 but, or four. Yeah, the property was acquired yeah. in the 81, I think, and then finally um, acquired by State Parks Board in, in 1986. More, Park. more when we get back. can almost envision the wide-angle camera on the bottom of the helicopter and it's passing through the Red Rock country. Right? That's why you picked this music, isn't it? See? That's from The Spirit of Wonder, the IMAX film on Sedona. There you go. There you go. It's the perfect theme for today's topic. Leave it to Gary. We're talking Red Rock State Park with the park manager, Heidi Erickson, as well as the Chief of Communications for the Arizona State Park and Trail System, Michelle Thompson. And we're talking a little bit about the history of how a state park is born, in particular Red Rock State Park. I thought it was a particular interesting story on how it was formed. 
Red Rock State Park is very easy to get to. No high clearance vehicle required. Paved road right up to the parking lot. Absolutely. There's uh, Once you uh, get off the loop road into the park, there's only half a mile of pavement. And once you park at the visitor center, um, you're on foot the rest of the way. And Red Rock State Park is there just a little bit west of Sedona. Beautiful, beautiful panoramic views. A very appropriately named state park. It's spectacular views. But talk about your calendar of events. Because as, as an education center, y'all particularly drive a very heavy event-filled calendar. Correct. We have a lot of programs um, at our park. Um, we have a great group of volunteers who do a lot of our interpretive hikes. Uh, every Wednesday and Saturday, we have a bird walk um, from this time of year. It starts at 9 a.m. Um, as soon as we get to March, it'll go to 8 a.m. Uh, but it's every Wednesday and Saturday. Um, and you're, you're right in there on the riparian waterways. Absolutely. I, I, Oak, Oak Creek goes right through our park. A, a, a very... A very target-rich zone for bird watchers trying to log their sightings. Absolutely. There's a lot of birders that consider themselves listers. So they have these checklists oh, of yeah. birds, and they try and see uh, as many birds on that list as they can. And what are some of the birds you would see regularly at Red Rock? Yeah, we're just getting out of the winter season uh, for birds. So we see a lot of white-crowned sparrows right now, dark-eyed juncos. Um, we do have some Year-round birds as well. Um, there's a northern cardinal pair that we see very regularly. Um, some spotted towhees as well. Um, northern harriers and uh, red tails in the raptor area. Um, and then lots of other songbirds that we see more sporadically, but very regularly. And what, what would be one of the more exotic birds someone has spotted and listed in the park well, in the last uh, two and a half months, uh, we've had our first sighting of spotted owl, um, which is pretty unusual. You would normally think of them more up in the pine forest, uh, where we're kind of in the pinyon juniper belt of vegetation. So apparently there's enough um, big trees along our riparian area for that spotted owl to um, come kind of come over from uh, the Flagstaff area. And we've been seeing him not every day, but... Several times a month for the last two and a half months. But I would guess as he sets up his territory that he's probably a pretty healthy bird. Lot, uh, lots of pickings right there along the river. Yes, and um, <laughs> we also um, have some areas that used to be farmed. So there's some fields with pocket gophers, and uh, I'm sure those pocket gophers are pretty tasty to an owl. So a bird walk every, how often do you all do that? Wednesdays and Saturdays, all year long. That's fantastic. How about this archaeology hike? Yes, we do have um, uh, some archaeology in, in the park. Um, most of it um, is protected and off trail, but we do have some things you can see from the trail, including um, a very nice petroglyph panel along our smoke trail. Um, we also have some um, examples of check dams where Native Americans, you know, kind of had little terraces where the water would accumulate. And we also have some um, base structures still visible from uh, pit houses and field houses. And right there, all in the boundaries of the park itself. Correct. That's fantastic. And an ethnobotany hike? Yeah, so ethno has to do with people. Botany has to do with plants. So how people use plants. So um, they use them not only for construction, but also for food, for medicines, um, for making sandals, for making clothing. 
Um, and this is the low-tech, you know, kind of way of, of making stuff um, in, in prehistoric times. Um, so we kind of highlight all the different plants that we're passing um, and how people might have used them in the past. That's a cool one. And you can't have a Red Rock State Park without having a geology hike. Correct, <laughs> yeah. Um, we have some very, very knowledgeable volunteers um, that work with us um, that know a lot of that history about the um, ancient past and geology. Um, if you consider... Um, somebody stretching out their arms. Uh, we humans have uh, been on this earth just if you took a nail file and filed the fingernail. That's the small little bit that we've been <laughs> on the earth. Um, so there's a lot to know, a lot to learn about geology, and um, it's on great display in Sedona. So we try and give visitors a little taste um, of the formation of those nice, beautiful red rocks. What can you tell us about the Kestrel project y'all are working on up there? Yeah, we've um, gone together with the International Raptor and Falconry Center, and um, they've agreed to come out and put up a, a Kestrel box. Kestrels are on decline across the United States. Um, we're hoping uh, to be part of a larger study uh, to, to see what may, might be driving um, this reduction in um, the Kestrel population. And what's this on April 1st? We've got amazing geological sites of northern Arizona with Ken Bork. Yeah, Ken Bork is actually um, a guy who's come out and um, done some um, talks for us um, several times. Is he times. with the park system? He is not. Um, he's a local resident of the Verde Valley. Um, he um, has a Ph.D., um, so he has a lot of knowledge um, about geology. So he'll be there on April 1st um, at 2 p.m. Um, in our theater doing a presentation on um, northern Arizona sites with, uh, you know, beautiful geology. And where could somebody go find this calendar? If you go to azstateparks.com um, and then look at the park list and select Red Rock, you can see all our um, currently scheduled uh, events at the park. Michelle, you've been at the state parks, you were saying, just about a year. Are you the one responsible for the rebuilding of the state parks website? I came in, excuse me, I came in right when it was finalizing, but I'm responsible now for making sure that all that information is kept updated and current and just the best thing for people to go. So azstateparks.com is really your one-stop shop for anything park-related. Well, congratulations on the rebuilding of that site because it has become one of the simplest, easiest sites to navigate as you could. You have a list of the parks right there. You could just pick and click. Uh, a list of the. Uh, uh, well, you I know, think you can also um, reserve the cabins on that website. That's what you I was can trying to get to. What, what's available at each yep. park? Amenities. There's that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cabins, campgrounds, campsites, RV sites, everything. And you can kind of. There's a, a button that says "Find Your Park." And you can see what each park has if you're looking for biking or hiking or camping or water activities. You can just check that and see which of our parks has what you're looking for, has the amenity that you're looking for so you can go and visit. They also have group planning. So if you want a really unique place for a wedding or if you just have a, maybe a business group that wants to get together or a family reunion, they have all kinds of things to choose from that way. It's right there on the website. Yeah, more and more people want to do group camping too, just a big group of friends camping together. And so we're making more group campsites and more group campgrounds where they can do that. That's a great call. So how do y'all decide who gets which park? Heidi, would you ever put in for another park in Arizona? 
Um, absolutely. You know, I grew up in Arizona. Um, Michelle mentioned Patagonia Lake. Um, I love that park when I was younger. Um, the two parks that are nearest to Phoenix are Lost Dutchman and Picacho Peak. Yes. So I went to those parks all the time as well. So, um, yeah, I would definitely um, be interested at some point in the future, not at the moment, but uh, at some point in the future, I, I'd be willing to move somewhere else. And you have like three or four neighboring state parks right there in your backyard, right? You've the got... The Verde Valley yeah, is a high density compared to other parts of the state of state parks. Uh, we have Slide Rock up in Oak Creek Canyon, Dead Horse Ranch, um, Fort Verde down in Camp Verde. Uh, we also have Jerome Historic Park over in Jerome. And then not too far from us is also Reardon Mansion, one of our partner parks. Right, right off the campus of NAU and Flagstaff. That's a great park. We've been there and visited that docent many times. Just the creativity of of the engineering that went into that house and some of the modern conveniences they had back when they were originally building. Reardon is one of my favorite places to go and visit as an engineer, but as a hiker and equestrian horseback rider, we're going to do a, we're going to do a methodical search for the state parks of where we can bring the horses and the trailers. We'll report back to you. We'll report <laughs> back to you on that. I like that kind of homework. Absolutely. So, uh, what else have we got to cover here as far as Red Rock State Park? The things to do, the explore, the group planning, the events that are coming up. Uh, again, that website is absolutely awesome. Uh, I'm on Red Rock State Park right now, and I, I just want to jump in the truck and run up there right after the show's over. Are you running right back up? Thanks for coming down today. I am. Today is a work day for me, so I'll be driving back to the park today. Just in time for everybody to get there, yeah? Well, yeah, um, I, I hopefully I'll get there by noonish. Yeah. So that's our busy time around 11 to 1 is our busiest time. And Michelle, y'all are up to 35 state parks. We are up to 35 state parks. We actually have a couple new state parks opening later this year. So in addition keep an eye to, out. In addition to the 35, or you have 30. Five, some that are not quite open yet. Well, Rock and River Ranch yes. State Park, I know you guys have heard about that before, but that is one of the 35, but it hasn't been open to the public for 10 years that we've had the property, and that's going to be opening later this year. So we're really excited to be able to offer that. And that's also up, that's up in, in the Verde Valley and just right there on the river. We're going to have really good mm -hmm. things to do in that new park. And that's downstream from y'all. Yeah, it's on uh, um, actually the Verde River, which the Oak Creek um, flows into. Into right, and it is—it's an old ranch that y'all acquired. It's an old ranch. It's an equestrian area. It's—it's it's really gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful views, and we'll we'll still have the equestrian parts there, and we'll have access to the water, so people can come and and get on the water and do camping. We'll have cabins, so people can can spend some real quality time up there. And that's Rock? Rockin' River Ranch. Rockin' River Ranch. And y'all anticipate having that open to the public when? By the end of this year. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at um, probably October, November of this year. Well, thanks again for taking time out of y'all's Saturday to come in and join with us, the sharing of the, all the information at Red Rock State Park, all the information of the general state park trail system in general, all we're trying to do in the 7 o'clock hour is people in places of Arizona to get our Arizona homeowners out in the vehicle, in their boots, on their bicycles, or on the, in their saddles exploring the great state of Arizona. And Michelle brought with her uh, six sets of state park passes. So if you text us at 411-923, uh, the first six people that get in will have 
two passes. The passes are good day use, one adult, one child, or how many people are a vehicle? Up, up to four people in a vehicle, adults, four adults in a vehicle. So nice deal, 411-923. Do it now for the first six passes that we have available. I'll give out for the first six winners, they'll get two passes each. Okay, very good. Good We're, for the rest of the year. And and y'all at State Parks have been very generous with us on those passes. We certainly appreciate it. We use them all the time to hand out to uh, folks at home shows. And uh, the the little State Park Directory book as well is also a great book that I've, I use all the time. It has a great list of amenities. See, now I got that word, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to overuse it. Yeah, yeah Michelle brought me a, a, a new box of those as well. So those will go out with every staycation winner and every ticket winner. Fantastic. Michelle Thompson, Heidi Erickson, thanks a million for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. I bet you Sedona's really pretty after the mm. week of rain and low clouds we've had. Blue sky out today and just just the desert after a, even the slightest bit of rainfall. Just everything just comes alive. The fragrance, yeah, and the colors just really pop. Something about that desert smell, too. Mm -hmm. It comes up from the ground. Yeah. The, the wet creosotes. Our... Mm. Arizona Staycation, you can only register at rosieonthehouse.com. Just click on the Staycation tab from the menu bar, and you can see what the lineup is. Currently, right now, we have a winner at Orchards Inn in Sedona. And they had a $250 Visa gift card to travel with, Arizona Highways swag bag, uh, Sanderson Ford vehicle of choice that's available on the demo lot. They Sibley's West sent them with a gift basket that's packed full of Arizona gifts and trinkets and Goodies, snacks mm -hmm. and uh, always always fun to see what's in your Sibley's West bag. They've got uh, tickets to the Arizona State Parks and a gift certificate to two for two on the ancient ruin ancient ruin tour from. The Pink Jeep Tours. We had them on two weeks mm -hmm. ago talking about Fantastic interview, trails, all so. the trails they have. They have the Broken Arrow Trail, a Scenic Rim Tour. Uh, they actually have a day trip to the Grand Canyon. And they're, and you know what I really liked about the interview with them, Romy, is they're also conservationists. They're not just out there plowing up the desert. They they spend a lot of time uh, protecting the trails that they use in the, in the whole area. And you can tell when you go up there. Even when you're on those tours, you don't feel like you're on a, you know, just on this wild ride tearing up the desert. It's... It's amazing. It's, they keep it nice for everybody to enjoy. And the weather couldn't be prettier this, mm -mm. this time of year. A little nip in the morning still, uh, T-shirt weather during the day. And tonight, you know, we talk, I've, we're talking about how clear and green and the smells. Talk about uh, all that rain and clouds cleared out, how clear the stars are going to be tonight in Sedona. Not a light pollution area you're not you don't see flagstaff you don't see you know the glow of, of any other city and maybe phoenix from certain points you could probably see on the the southern horizon but it's going to be a great night for uh a, a dr sky moment <laughs> i was thinking of dr sky as well and then if they want a really cool place to visit in the daytime they've got talaki Paki full of artist galleries and we had ken rowe on last week and he does sculpting animal sculpting and he's often in his studio just doing his work where you can watch him Great place to go.
he actually had an event coming up where the ant live animal was going to be there in studio with him on the patio. That's and in March, and it's on Facebook. He's our he Facebook page kind of shows you how he observes the animal and puts that motion into the sculpture that he's building at the time. So, I wish we were going to be in town for that because we'd run mm-hmm. up there for that. But unfortunately, we had prior arrangements to be out of town. But next time he does that, we're gonna we're gonna get that cast in stone on the calendar. And you're so many areas around Sedona that you can get to Camp Verde. You know, they've got the the old fort there. Uh, Jerome's got Tuzi Goot. I'm, I'm sorry, Cottonwood has Tuzi Goot and Dead Horse State Park. And you've got Jerome. When you mentioned it earlier, there's so you can do so much in Sedona itself, but right around it, even even the train ride uh, mm-hmm. that was out for, of Africa. For, mm-hmm. I mean, the I, list just goes on. I like the the park that was represented today because nobody's allowed in the water. She acted like she was apologizing, but I think that would be amazing <laughs> to get to walk along that water with nobody. Hanging out, and if I understood side. correct, you're upstream from Slide Rock. No, downstream, downstream. from Slide Rock. <laughs> well, that's, well, oh well. <laughs> Just we well, can't get in the water anyway, yeah. so it's okay. <laughs> so uh, voting. I'm sorry. Uh, entries have closed for March, so we'll be drawing that winner next week. They'll be going to Ramsey Canyon. All entries now will be for April Staycation, where you'll be going to the Yavapai Lodge on the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Oh, so yes. We've got we've got two great, uh, all of our staycations are great. It's hard to single any one of them out. Well, and they're really driving some fun interviews for um, the 7 a.m. hour. We, we're going to have Dolan, Ellis, and Marshall Trimble on talking about the Arizona Folklore Preserve in Sierra Vista. For Talk about a hoot, The March two. Staycation. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's great. All right, folks, that wraps us up in the 7 o'clock hour. We've got John J. Harper coming in talking about outdoor living hour in 8 o'clock where we'll be talking spring gardening. 9 o'clock by popular demand. Y'all have all been wanting to know when are we going to have APS on to explain uh, the rate change that we're currently in the midst of. To answer your questions on how you may be impacted at your house, APS will be here in studio at the 9 o'clock hour, talking about the rate and how it may impact you. Tentacle. The rate and not the politics behind it, just a heads up. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. You had to get past me. And the, and, and the reason Jennifer brings that up is because all of the input we've been getting at the office invariably diverts from the rate to the politics to, to everything else. And we don't have those experts coming in from APS. We're just covering the rate increase and how it might impact you at your home. So have your power bill out and get ready to make the phone call. And at 10 o'clock, we have Action Termite coming in and talking about termites and ants, specifically on a new product that's been developed on handling each of those. Right here at Rosie on the House, we're here for you, the Arizona homeowner. For many of us, safety is always the last thing on our mind. And well, if you're in that boat like me, it's been a while since you've had your locks changed or you're not really sure how many people might have copies of keys to your house or you're looking to update your locks, call our friends at Acme Locksmith, safe and key. They protect your business and family. Not only for updating the locks to your home, but they've got specialty locks for sliding windows, sliding glass doors, and they've also got great safes. You can find any one of their three valley locations under the locksmith category at rosieonthehouse.com. Would you like a preview of Rosie on the House weekly broadcast before it airs? 
simple sign-up for our weekly newsletter. It comes out every Thursday to your inbox. And we don't spam it, and we don't sell the information. Just one email a week. It'll tell you what our lineup is for Saturday. It'll have the link to our weekly article and topic, our featured event from the community calendar, along with the tool of the week, and any promotional we might be doing or other fun listener appreciation promotions. That's our weekly newsletter. Sign up at rosieonthehouse.com.